coming in hot. Why would you? Why are you coming in also? drink. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's party. Howdy folks, welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. How you all been out there? Hope you all doing fine. It's been a, a good week over here, maybe a good week for you, bad week, I don't know, it depends if you live in the Ukraine or not. Something like that, holy shit. Things are getting pretty wild out there, hey? And, uh, you know, I don't want to say too much about fucking global politics with shit I don't really understand, but, uh, yeah, it sucks what's going on over there, hey? But thank God we've got fucking Biden in charge for the Western world, hey? Just thank God we've got someone that's uh, certainly not asleep at the wheel um, calling the shots on behalf of the um, the biggest superpower on the planet. And I'm not talking about Russia, I'm talking about USA, but we'll see how this pans out. We'll see what language we speak at the end of all this. Who knows? We might all have to fucking start pronouncing our vows with a lot more phlegm. A whole bunch of and whatever the fuck they speak over there. But anyway, so yeah, shout out to Ukraine. Like, how cool is the fucking UK, uh, the Ukraine, sorry, um, fucking prime minister? How cool is this guy? He's like all in. He's not pulling a fucking pussy move and, and you know, sheltering somewhere or whatever. Like, he might shoot Putin in the face. This guy is fucking cool. Any, I, I don't know. I know nothing about this. I didn't really want to get into it. I didn't want to even start the podcast this way. I wanted to start it with, how are you guys? You had a good week out there. I had a fairly good week. It was, it was fun. Fun, fine. Just like last week, guys. Like I said, I'm getting addicted to fucking snorkeling and being out on the water. So that's what I did over my weekend. I went snorkeling with, um, with the wife and a friend on Friday morning. Just down a little Madam's Pool. I've ne- like, this place is like fucking right down the road from me. It's a stone's throw away, as people say. And I've never really snorkeled there. And I did for the first time. And it's, it's actually kind of funny. Like, it's, it's one of those like little local pools. And like, you know, you got to have a bit of money to be living near there. And, uh, you know, these days it seems uh, you only get a lot of money, especially here in Perth, if you're very old and have old real estate and stuff like that. So there's a lot of old people in that fucking world of having money, right? And they all seem to go down for a swim at Madam's Pool in the morning, and it's hilarious. Um, Because I haven't seen people legitimately wearing a swimming cap outside of the Olympics for a very long time. And it's kind of disturbing. Because old people, uh, they're set in their ways, and they, they still rock a Speedo and a swimming cap. And they just hang out and chat and have a little swim at this little fucking cool snorkel spot. And some of them decide to like do laps up and down the reef. So I was getting, I was snorkeling, having a good time exploring all the fish and all the fucking wicked wildlife down there. Uh, I nearly got kicked in the face by an old lady like six times. You know, that's just, I guess that's one of the hazards they should warn you about. Don't worry about sharks. Worry about old ladies kicking you in the face because that's probably going to happen, right? So yeah, I went for a snorkel fucking Friday. It was fun as fuck. Saw some shit I've never seen. Like, that's the whole point of the adventure of snorkeling is to see shit you've never seen before because that makes a good day, right? 
Uh, and yeah, we did. I don't even know what it was. It was fucking like a long-tailed catfish or some sh- There was some beautiful fish down there. Anyway, fucking went for a sail on Sunday. Had a great fucking, you know, meal at a pub. All that sort of shit. Yeah, it was a great weekend, guys. I hope you had fun out there. Um, plenty of new music. We will get into some of the new stuff, but what we won't get into is Donda 2 because I haven't fucking heard it yet. I don't know what to say about it. I missed the fucking Instagram live thing or whatever. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, Donda 2 was supposed to drop on, what, the 22nd of the second, something like that. Um, And I predicted in my podcast last week, which was like a day day out of it, I predicted that it wasn't going to happen. I was wrong. So I I apologize for that. I was wrong. It did happen, kind of, right? Not all the uh, the songs on the album fucking were released or whatever, but there was a bit of a listening party. Um, Kanye was not happy with it. He was not happy with the results, and he fired everybody uh, on his fucking sound production team uh, because of how much they fucked up. Not, you know, I don't really know if they fucked up. They obviously tried their hardest. I don't know what Kanye is like as a fucking boss to work for. And I'm sure anything that um, fails his expectations is your fault, not his. He just seems like that kind of guy, don't you reckon? That he's not big on taking responsibility for fucking failure. He's kind of a blame guy. He'll blame everybody else for things being shit. Didn't listen to it, so I don't really know if it was shit or not. But that's what's going on with the fucking Donda 2 album, guys. Who knows? I will listen to it if it becomes accessible to me. You know, we talked about this a little while ago, guys. Like, I I, I am genuinely interested, and I want your guys' uh, opinions on this. Like, how much should I pay? How much should I pay to listen to an album once? Right? And if it's reasonable, I'm happy to pay it. But with this Donda 2, I have to get a whole new weird device thing in order to fucking listen to it. And it's like 150 Either way, that's too much money. 150 bucks to fucking listen to an album that I may or may not like? Fuck that. No, I'm not doing that. Just to review it on this podcast here. I'm not a huge fucking Kanye fan. If I was a huge Kanye fan, of course I'd pay that money. If fucking Tool bought out something that that's the only way I could listen to their new album, I'd be all in. Of course I'd give them my fucking money. Because they've earned my fucking dollar. They've earned my dollar over the time. Kanye, I don't know. He's earned my dollar just by being in the news. I don't know. Like, everyone says separate the artists from the art and stuff like that. It's like, that's not the business model these days. The business model is a brand, right? So there is no separation of art and artist because you are the brand and your art falls under that fucking umbrella or something like that. I don't know. But either way, I haven't listened to Donda 2. Everybody on the fucking um, team uh, responsible for the audio engineering for that live stream, at least, were all fired. So I don't have high hopes for this album, but who knows? If it eventually finds its way to a more fucking accessible platform, like a Spotify or a fucking YouTube or, or whatever, I don't really know. Like I said, I'm happy to pay a bit. I'm happy to pay something for it. If there was a way to say, you know what, like, I'll, I'll give you a fucking five bucks, ten bucks, and I could just listen to it once, and one time only, cool, I'll do that. I'll give you my ten bucks. Kanye's fucking, 
created enough fucking smoke around this shit that it might be worth listening to, but um, it's still a gamble at that point, and I might want my fucking 10 bucks back. But anyway, if you listen to it, please reach out to the podcast. Let me know your thoughts. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. It's not my style of music. I don't really give a fuck, guys. You know, whatever. We're living in a weird world over here in, uh, in Perth, WA at the moment because we've had our head in the sand and blocked out the rest of the world and blocked out COVID for fucking two years. So now we're two years behind everybody else. And finally, it's fucking hit. And we've got cases running rampant everywhere. So we've been... Um, put into more restrictions and all that sort of shit. Children, as young as eight year old, eight years old, are fucking uh, forced to wear masks at school now. Stuff like that. While the rest of the world is saying that shit doesn't work, let's lift those mandates. Uh, we're still saying, hey, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're two years behind, so we're going to follow the health advice from two years ago uh, because that makes way more sense. And you know what? I, I just got to say, I'm fucking... I don't, I don't care about this virus anymore. We should just move on in life. We should just join the international community. No one gives a fuck. Um, but one of my, you know, I like putting, pointing out fucking hypocrisies in, in, in government policy and all that sort of shit just because they, they're the ones that use the fucking phrase common sense way too much. Way too much. Why can they... How can they just get off saying to everybody, just use common sense, this is all common sense, uh, but then their rules make no sense? So, like, is this a war against common sense? We've talked about this before, but it definitely feels like a war against common sense. So these new restrictions that have come uh, to us citizens of, of Western Australia, uh, they don't really seem to do anything i don't get it i don't get it and just like one for instance like so uh, every every fucking venue has got capacity limits now um they're all running uh with a, a two per uh a person per two square meter kind of rule right so everyone's got to be at least socially distanced a little bit that's fine but that requirement of two square meter um kind of changes if you're a casino and it goes to four square meters like how does that make sense why are they doing that that i don't get it just don't fucking get it whatever but we got to use common sense i had a whole episode called common sense at one point but it's just like to be honest these hypocrisies have become like just too rampant for me to even keep track of anymore but yet even today i'm watching a fucking press conference from our fucking um supreme leader uh mark mcgowan and he just keeps on saying just oh it's just common sense it's just common sense or whatever meanwhile he's refusing to fucking release his fucking medical um advice data right so all the all the shit that's leading to his new policies or his new fucking enforcements of mandates and all this sort of shit all of the actual science behind it and from his advisors he's suppressing and not letting anyone see for some reason I think we all know the reason, because he fucking sucks. It's just what it is in this day and age, guys. It's fucking fun times. Um, so like I said, I'm not really going to care about it too much, but when there's blatant hypocrisy, we'll talk about it, because why the fuck not? Um, someone's got to put a bit of pushback against this fucking outrageous douchebag. Uh, and I guess me and this little podcast, is, I've got to be the guy. I've got to stand up like a fucking Ukrainian man, right? How funny is that in the Ukraine? How fucking all of a sudden all this fucking sexism shit fucking oh, men and women are equal. Doesn't matter anymore in the Ukraine, does it? 
Women don't want to be equal in the Ukraine right now because if you're between 18 and 60 as a man, you're not allowed to leave the country. You have to be there to fight. You have to be there to fight. And I'm all for that. That's all. I would hate to see those kinds of fucking conscription laws fucking applied to um, to women and, ch and children or, and stuff like that. It, it, that's, that's horrible. Men are disposable. Women are way more valuable. Let's just stop pretending that you're exactly the same. We're not exactly the same. Women create humans. Men just kind of fucking do all kinds of bullshit to try and impress women. That's it, right? Or something like that. I don't know. Fuck. This might be my last episode of the podcast, guys. But, um, I don't know. People in Ukraine might understand. It's fucking, it's better to throw the men at the fucking, uh, at the war. Right? Isn't it? Uh, fuck. Didn't even want to talk about Ukraine at all. I've got my little note sheet in front of me. There is nothing that says Ukraine on it. It's just what the fuck happens in the heat of the moment, guys. But we got a whole bunch of new music to get to. Before we do, give you a quick update on Hank the Tank that we talked about last week. He's not going to get killed. It turns out that he wasn't responsible for like two-thirds of those fucking crimes that they had alleged against him. So he was breaking into a whole bunch of properties or what everyone thought it was Hank the Tank. It was two other. There was two other fucking bears that were kind of in on those crimes that he was accused of as well. So he was getting framed like every fucking kind of black thing. You know, he's a black bear. Of course he's going to get fucking the rap for other people. You know, that's just the racism of L.A., hey? Just all black bears are the same. And we should just fucking lump all their crimes into one thing. It's like, that's fucked up. I mean, they were all black bears, but you know, whatever. This is not a metaphor for anything, guys. Just shut up with that. You know, come on. It's just funny to think that a black bear just was taking the rap for other black bears because they couldn't tell the difference between black bears. That's funny. That's funny. But anyway, his life's going to be spared. So that's a win. Because um, he's adorable and he's funny and he's fat. And he should be in a zoo somewhere because I'd like to, you know, feed him a little bit of McDonald's every now and then. That'd be cool. Fuck yeah. So Hank the Tank is free. His life is not in danger. I'd like to think that this podcast had something to do with it to rally the troops to sort of say free Frank the Hank, uh, Hank the Tank. I keep saying Frank the Tank. Fuck. It's not Will Ferrell. Although they might look similar, we're talking about the bear, not the human. Hank the Tank is the bear, right? Um, all right. So let's get into some fucking music, guys. I checked out a bunch. I don't want to talk about it all because some of it was very disappointing to me and I don't really want to have another negative episode. Last episode, I kind of ripped every album that I talked about except for Die, 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 which was by far the most difficult listening out of um, that collection of albums that we talked about. Um, but it was difficult listening, so it was more interesting to me and there was something about it that I really liked. So let's try and do some things that are a bit more easy listening. Y'all might get it. Y'all might have listened to these albums before. Let's start with fucking Coldplay. They released a little single, right? They released the cover. Again, going into one of my pet peeves, they released this fucking cover of the song Day and Night, um, the Kid Cudi song. Uh, but nowhere on their thing says that it's a cover. So they just sort of said that they've got their own song out now. So as far as we're concerned, if you were just a general Spotify listener who has never heard the song Day or Night, and you stumble across Coldplay because you're a Coldplay fan, you might think this is a Coldplay song because they do not credit it anywhere as being a cover of a Kid Cudi song. But it's a really good cover. 
I really liked it. I mean, fucking, I mean, shout out to, to Kid Cudi for that track. Like, Day and Night has a great hook. It's, it's a great, you, you know what song I'm talking about, guys? That whole fucking day and night. That kind, that's a great hook, right? I mean, I, I did a better version of it just then by, um, by just humming it. But, um, you know, the actual original is pretty damn good. It's a good fucking hook. And Coldplay do it well. It's a great song. It's got no fucking like heavy fucking hip hop beats or trap beats through it. Um, like the original, it's just fucking a piano orchestration with some pretty decent guitar work going on over it. I liked it. I really liked it. And it's kind of like going under their, they've got this new thing sort of going. They're like um, singles on Spotify, singles of Spotify or something like that that they're doing. And they included one of their songs uh, that they did with their latest album, uh, Let Somebody Go with Selena Gomez. So I guess if they're doing any of these like cover slash collab things, they're going to lump it into this. So it might be a thing that grows over time. So pay attention to it um, because this cover of Day and Night is fucking sick. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the original as well, but the the original is just everybody fucking knows it. It's been played a billion times um, over the last couple of years. Uh, but the Coldplay version, it kind of makes you think twice. It's just like, yeah, this is a beautiful song beyond just the chorus. There is more to it. It's pretty cool. It's a very well written song. I don't know who wrote it. I hope Kid Cudi did. Um, but you know what it's like in these fucking hip hop worlds or these fucking overproduced fucking pop worlds. It's just like, who knows? There's 37 writers. And they're all responsible for a note here and there or something like that. So who knows? Who knows who's going to get the credit out of that one? Whatever. As far as I know, the next album we want to talk about is All Them. Because it's not one of these heavily produced albums or whatever. It's fucking a band called Spoon. Spoon have been around since the fucking like mid-90s. I remember hearing them in the fucking late 90s. So they've probably been around for a while before I heard them, that's for sure. Um, but they brought out an album called uh, Lucifer on the Sofa. Um, and they weren't talking about Joe Biden. Uh, I don't know who they're talking about, but the album's called Lucifer on the Sofa, and it's kind of this post-rocky kind of cool guy rock, um, which they've kind of always done that vibe, but uh, it's a very fucking cool album. Really cool. Like, the production's great. The, the guitar tones are perfect for what they're doing. Like, they're really, like, transparent, kind of glassy... Um, like overdrive over the top of like, so you can still hear the clean guitar, but there is this light overdrive. It's nice and glassy. It, it, it's great. And just hitting that tone right, the way the guitars match the piano in tone, it's just amazing. Like it's almost like there's a seamless transition between um, piano parts and, and guitar parts. And it's all because they've just very... Oh, they've put a lot of thought into the engineering of their tones for the guitar and the piano so that they marry up or something like that, right? I'm stumbling on my words. I know I get it. Should probably drink more. That might solve it, hey? But yeah, but what do I mean by um, cool guy rock? I mean like um, not the kind of rock that's uh, like, like pub rocky sort of just trying to belt you in the face with shit. This is more like a Tom Petty style of rock, right? Where it's got that blues rock vibe to it. Some of the s songs are swung, maybe using their 6-8 here and there, um, whatever. But it's just got that, that kind of, it sounds like sloppy vocals, but it's very mature, right? And this has this, this vibe all the way through it, this maturity to it, but also this like callous kind of sloppy blues vibe to it. 
the entire way. So it's this post-rock kind of, I don't know what you would really call it. I don't want to say soft rock because it's not like ballady, like really gay fucking pop rock or soft rock sort of shit. It's not that. It's um, it's more mature than that. It's cool guy rock. I don't know. I'll coin that term right now. Cool guy rock. In the vein of like a... I don't want to say a Bob Dylan because there's way better vocal technique than a Bob Dylan, but you see what I mean with the, the, the sloppiness of the vocals? You're kind of getting where I'm coming from. Uh, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Who knows? It might be all over the shop. But anyway, Spoon, really cool band, really cool album, very well engineered. The, some of the, the tones are great just for the way they fit the fucking style of the music. Because this is the thing. It's always content versus fucking production, right? So you can get away with shit content. Like, yeah, you've got average melodies, average chord progressions, or just like, we've heard it all before, whatever. But then you can decorate it and fucking lift it up with good production and good embellishments, right? That's the decoration part of it. Um, this didn't need any of that stuff. And in fact, if this was just um, recorded with like one mic in a room, you'd probably enjoy it just as much. It's great that it's not that does have way better production in it but it still doesn't fucking um doesn't pull you away from that authenticity of a band just sort of being a fucking band and hanging out in a room it does still sound like it's dudes in a room jam and that might be you know accredited towards the the reverb on the vocals or the fucking like i said the guitar tones or something like that but there's something about it that makes it feel a bit more real than overproduced shit that we hear this uh, these days. But, you know, I might be wrong with that, but I would recommend you check it out. It's uh, it's called Lucifer on the Sofa. Something kind of interesting is that, like, the title track, like, the actual track called Lucifer on the, on the Sofa is, um, like, the last track on the album. You don't see that much. They normally like to do that first or within the first half of the album because the second half of the album was usually relegated to B-sides. Like, back in the day, when you released an album or a record, um, there's two sides to the disc, the A side and the B side, right? And so you'll try to get all your bangers on that A side because a lot of people would only listen to the front side or the top side of your record, right? When you're stamping it into vinyl. And so when you flip it over, that's why we call them B sides because they're usually not as good, but they're there on the album anyway. So it's interesting to put the fucking title track of the album right there on the back. Um, but it's been a long time since people have been consuming new music via vinyl right uh so yeah who knows it's a good idea it's a pretty cool song as well the the lucifer on the sofa song it's actually the weirdest song of the album all the other ones are very i don't want to say predictable but they're um they're not as experimental i mean some people would call this band an experimental rock band and i can see it definitely um because they do do things that are not traditional in a, a normal sort of blues rock post-rock sort of band uh but, but not enough to really fucking confuse you. But this last song, maybe, maybe. It's pretty good. Check it out, guys. Fucking Spoon. Lucifer on the sofa. Check it out. But um, here's the last album we're going to talk about um, because <laughs> there's a few things to dig into here because I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne bought out a new album. It's been a couple of years, but let's face it, no one's really given a shit about her music for a very long time, even though she's been releasing albums kind of consistently over the last fucking two decades. Uh, but she's back uh, with an album called Love Sucks. 
or love Sue. I don't know. It's spelled S-U-X. So it could be a soft X, like a like a French word. I don't know. Or she's just trying to be cool and spell sucks weird, which I'm pretty sure she's doing. It's been a long fucking time since Skater Boy, which is what everyone knows her for, right? That was fucking 2002. So we're 20 years away. 20 years ago, Avril Lavigne hit the scene with fucking um, Skater Boy. And so she's um, signed with a new label. She's now with fucking Trav Barker's uh, new album, uh, new label, sorry. Uh, Trav, Travis Barker, uh, amazing fucking drummer from uh, Blink-182, um, who around the same time kind of made his debut. So like Errol Levine around, you know, 2000, I reckon it was about two, uh, 2000-ish, maybe 99, 2001, uh, maybe something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Enema, there was, Enema of the State came out. Um, which was uh, one of the greatest albums from Blink-182. And it was also Trav Barker's drumming debut. And that's how we all found out about him. And now, 20 years later, he is on this album with Avril Lavigne. So what's weird about this album? First of all, let's talk about the actual music itself. It is pop punk. It is the most pop punk you could possibly get. And in fact, that's why a lot of us dudes um, in, in the you know, early 2000s, late 90s, uh, hated Avril Lavigne. Is because it was kind of making a mockery of a style of music we actually loved, which was the pop punk scene. You're talking about your fucking No Effects, Mill and Colin, fucking MXPX, uh, Bling Light 2, obviously, and a whole bunch of other things in that genre. And then you've got Avril Lavigne just kind of just taking it so mainstream, so mainstream, you know? I mean, Bling Light 2 kind of did it with all the small things. That was a bit of a fucking. I don't know, kind of made us cringe a little bit because that song was just so fucking poppy. But then, you know, Avril Lavigne's whole brand was that extreme and that kind of brought pop punk into the the mainstream, I guess. And it kind of ruined it for a lot of us fans of pop punk because it was just too overproduced. It was just too lame. It was just too verse, chorusy, catchy. Like it was just, ah, just a bit fucking annoying. Didn't like it. And this album is all that again. This is the most pop punky album I've heard for a very fucking long time, guys. Uh, and they've done what they do all the time. They've made it a fucking short album. It comes in at just over half hour, right? Um, and they've peppered in a whole bunch of fucking um, collaborations or like featuring here and there. There's a fucking rap verse in one of the bloody songs, for Christ's sake, right? Machine Gun Kelly's on one of the songs. They've wheeled out fucking Mark Hoppus, the great Mark Hoppus, who I'm sure, I mean, he only just recovered from cancer, didn't he? And somehow they've got him singing on a fucking Avril Lavigne album produced by Trav Barker, who's playing drums on most of the songs. I think like 10 out of the 12 songs Trav Barker is playing. And by the way, fucking, he's an amazing drummer. I'm not going to shit over his drumming performance because it's fucking amazing. It's probably one of the best parts of the entire album is the drumming performance. It's great. It's great, but it's not that interesting because it's pop punk, very predictable fucking music, right? And so whilst I really enjoyed the Spoon album, the Coldplay track or whatever, I'm going to, I don't want to shit too much on this, but it's not good, guys. It's not good. There is nothing that stands out. Like, so all the songs are so pop punky that they all sound the same. Nothing is special anymore, right? So there is no one song you can point through to and go like, fuck, and that's, that's a track. There is something there I've never heard before. It's the greatest 
fucking hook. I love this chorus. I fucking can you hear that guitar riff? Whatever. You can't tell guitar riffs in this because all you hear is fucking chord, four chord fucking power chord progressions. Like that sort of shit. That's all you're hearing, right? So I don't know. It's a bad album. I don't love it. And it's called Love Sucks. And fucking, it should be called This Album Sucks with an X, right? I mean, I don't know. Fucking, it is what it is. Like, the, the, the pop punk thing, it had its fucking heyday. And, like, pop punk was kind of experimenting with a bunch of shit back then. Like, it was coming, like, out of uh, a bit of a competition with, like, the grunge scene. So it was kind of like a, a poppy version of grunge because the grunge scene was kind of early 90s, right? And then you had sort of the pop punk sort of emerge out of that. The original punk was way before the grunge scene. So this was kind of a response because grunge kind of went fucking mainstream, didn't it? Right? Nirvana were a popular band whilst fucking Kurt Cobain was alive. They were a popular band. Everybody liked Smells Like Teen Spirit, right? And, you know, there's some reports out there saying that they're fucking playing that song over and over again might have led to the suicide. And I can understand why. It's a little bit fucking shit. That's not a great song, but it's way better than a lot of the pop punk stuff that came afterwards, especially the Avril Lavigne turn where everything just went uber commercial, right? So I don't really know what to say. Like fucking Mark Hopper sounds all right on this album, but you know, it's an average song that he's singing on. It feels rushed. He might be singing it with a gun to his head. Who knows? Machine Gun Kelly's all right. You know, he's a fucking, he's a new addition to the fucking pop punk world, really. But, you know, he was okay. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. We, we'll wrap this fucking podcast up, guys. Fucking Avril Lavigne Love Sucks. The album's fine. Kind of worth checking out because it is involving a whole bunch of heavyweights from um, that early 2000s, late 90s kind of pop punk scene. Um, Coldplay's song Day and Night it's a great cover it's pretty cool I like it uh, the Spoon album Lucifer on Your Sofa check that out but back to the Avril Lavigne thing what was interesting to me and I'll leave you with this track as well at the end of this episode um, it was fucking it's produced I think produced or at least partly produced maybe there's a couple of producers on this because everything in the pop world has a couple of producers uh, but, uh, but there's a guy named John Feldman um uh, credited as production on this album. And uh, he's the singer and guitarist from a band called Goldfinger. Again, back in those fucking wicked late 90s, early 2000s days where pop punk was doing stuff and there was this weird uh, blending of pop punk and like ska music, I guess. Sort of like the the likes of like the Real Big Fish or um, fucking even, even Sticky Fingers to some extent, right? And uh, but But Goldfinger was one of those bands. And fucking in the early 2000s we all knew goldfinger because of one fucking song superman because it appeared on fucking tony hawk pro skater the, the original tony hawk there was a there was um, a whole bunch of great um artists on that first uh, video game the second one was even better that's when mill and colin was on there that's how we all found about mill and uh, found out about mill and colin was because of tony hawk pro skater 2 right because No Cigar was on there. That's how I found out about um, Mel and Colin and became a huge fucking fan uh, from that. Uh, but the original game, fucking 99, it, it had fucking Goldfinger Superman on it and it was the greatest fucking track. And um, the singer-guitarist John Feldman 
is responsible for some of the production on this. But think about the pop punk. So I want you to keep in mind, right, this new Avril Lavigne album. Go ahead and listen to it, right? Just think about the way the choruses are written or like just how manufactured it feels the entire way, right? And then listen to this song that I'm about to show you, fucking Superman from Goldfinger. You probably know it. But just think about how much more fun this new s this song is, right? Fucking Superman is a fun fucking song. It's fucking around with the idea of a uh, verse and chorus. You don't really know what a verse and chorus is because the verses are kind of the same melody as the chorus. But then you've got these horns licks and you've got this energy to it. And it just stands out as a great fucking song. None of the songs on this new Avril Lavigne album are going to stand the test of the time like this. So good on John Feldman for still being around and being involved with this sort of stuff. But um, shit, we got to ditch Avril Lavigne, guys. Like, we can do way better in the pop punk space than this garbage. Anyway, you're about to hear fucking uh, Goldfinger's song Superman. Um, obviously, I've done some things with the mixing so it doesn't sound exactly the same so I don't get tripped up for copyright because that happens. Hope you've had a great week out there, guys. We will chat soon. Plenty of new music. Hopefully I get to listen to Donda 2 at some point just to fucking be in the loop. No, I don't really give a fuck that much. But anyway, have a great week, guys. Take care now. Bye-bye then.